All right, guys, welcome back to the Big Texas Outdoors podcast. I'm your host, John Yon. I'm here with Colton, Colton Breezy. Breezy. And uh, we're here with a, a stranger we found in a cornfield in Nebraska. <laughs> and we picked him up and brought him down here, warm him up a little bit. Yeah, that ain't no lie. <laughs> and we got Barrett Fisher here today. Barrett, how you doing? Good, good. Pleasure to be here. Yes, sir. So before we get started, uh, just want to... Uh, Shout out, uh, follow us on our social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, we're on Apple Podcasts, we're on Spotify, and also give a shout out to our friends at Dirty Duck Coffee Company. Amateur Shot Game Calls, Mr. J. Bruce, best in the business. Yeah, so uh, with Dirty Duck Coffee, we do have a promo code, Texas Outdoors, capital T, all one word. Use that at checkout. That'll get you 15% off your order. So, uh, and we also have a giveaway coming up for the first of the year that we've been making some call lanyards, some uh, duck straps. Dirty Duck throw, threw in a bag of coffee and a sticker. Uh, sure Shot gave us a couple of calls and a hat. And so, uh, y'all be on the lookout for that. That's going to be on our Facebook and Instagram. And now for Mr. Barrett Fisher. All right. So, uh, so you, you live in Nebraska. Live in Nebraska. Yep. And just go all over the place. Try to go anywhere we can. Absolutely. I love it. I love it. Now, uh, you've talked to me a little bit about hunting with horses. Yep. Yep. We if if we can go if we can get a horse trailer there we we'll, we're willing to go and and I'll go at the spur of the moment I got you now uh where are you taking these horses to uh we've taken to Colorado Arkansas uh, I've never hunted in Oklahoma but we have rode and done some scouting or looking around there but and hoping to make it there one day I got you I got you so uh just for uh deer and elk deer and elk yep no bear yet I've I'm curious to see what my horse will do when I see a bear. I, I haven't run I in on be, one I don't yet. think I want to be on a horse when he sees a bear. <laughs> so, <clears throat> at least not the spooky, uh, the spooky nags I used to ride. <laughs> so uh, with uh, with the horses, is that for bringing more gear in or packing uh, meat out? It started for packing meat out, but we've slowly figured out that we keep bringing more gear in. Right. <laughs> I got you. So This year we, we decided that. We really did cut back. We we was getting pretty carried away on bringing stuff in. <coughs> so when more you, or less bringing me in because that's what I'm. Walking. That's what I'm. That's <laughs> what I'm trying to see here. When you go like you go on horseback or most public land that's horse accessible, just no like no ATV, no UTV. So yep, does that mean yep. that you can't ride? Or no, you, you are able to bring a horse. No, I've seen like that would be a extremely beneficial. Yeah, it is. It, um, we try to look for places that are only horse accessible. Oh, gotcha. um, like all our Colorado hunting, it's it's there's no ATVs allowed. They do. There's a couple months in the summer they let them ride, but they're out of their way before any hunting season, okay. and so you Can't ain't got to worry about nothing spooking. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, all horseback. That they even they even this good. year went as far as um, uh, they took it. Uh, an excavator out there and tore out all the trails oh, wow. so that to make sure that no atvs got back in there dang that's pretty nice. i got you yeah. so now, when y'all bring in do you bring like <clears throat> you bring a team you bring like a riding horse and pack horse yeah or? yep um my first year i went up there first two years i went up there 
uh, we just kind of packed everything behind us. And I mean, man, we had shit packed over our shoulders. And, and I told a buddy of mine that I'd been going with, I'm like, I ain't, I'm bringing a pack horse next year. Oh, you don't need that. You don't need that. Well, I brought one, and now he brings two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I got you. Yeah, saves uh, saves the back. Oh, yeah, for sure, 100%. Saves the back and your feet, too, man. Oh, That's yeah. A, that's a lot of miles glassing and scouting and mm-hmm. everything else during the daytime. You're yeah. eating it up on horseback. Yeah, the horse is way faster than you are. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and it's, uh, I mean, from the truck to, to where we set up our base camp, it's right at seven miles. And then from base camp to the top of the mountain where we prefer to hunt at, it's another four miles. Oh, so. wow. So you're looking at an eleven mile round trip. Oh yeah. That's yeah. in Colorado? Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I got you. I got you. Y'all pretty uh y'all pretty successful on the elk there? Yeah, I've been um I started going up there in two thousand six and I was pretty fortunate. Uh company that we subcontracted to, they had a private ranch and did that for four years and they sold their ranch and then a buddy of mine um, he'd always took horses up there and I always wanted to take horses. They would never let me bring horses to that ranch. And so then it was day before season. Uh, he called me up. He says, I'm leaving at seven in the morning. Can you go? And I said, well, yeah, if you got a horse, I didn't have my own horses at that time. Right. And <clears throat> I went with him that year and I've never looked back. I won't, I won't go back. I mean, I, if I could take horses and hunt on my own on private, I would, but I would never go back to the way it was. I mean, it's just, it's awesome. And we have killed, we've killed elk. There's usually about five of us that go, and we're three for five from 2012 until 2018, and that's because we got snowed out at 18 and 19 both. We was up there, and it snowed so heavy that I mean, we just had to make the call to get out or we wasn't going to get out. Right. So. I got you. Now, uh, as far as gear, like, what are you, what are you bringing um so you're setting up a base camp so yeah we bring in um man we roughed it for a long time uh we just bring in an old walmart tent throw a couple extra tarps over it and, and some little you know a space heater and two three years ago i decided to heck with it and, and uh went to gabella's man i got one of them good alaskan guide tents yeah, and, the outfitter tents. yeah the outfitter tents and and started doing all that and and so then that really made a difference and then started buying some better packs and stuff for the horses, you know, before backpacks or whatever we could tie on them, however we could tie it on them. So now I got um, special packs that go over the saddles and got hard panniers and stuff oh, to carry man. with them and and all that good stuff. So They make so much stuff down, man. I, was, oh, I literally, like, every time the little Cabela's ad pops up on my phone, like, because I, I, when we put in for a bunch of draw hunts this year – I hope to put in for some for out of state next year. I don't. I doubt very seriously we'll get drawn, but I've been looking, you know, and, and going through. And my, you know, big brother's got my little search history, so mm-hmm. you know, Cabela's will pop up, and they'll have all kind of camp stoves and, you know, this. Oh yeah, and I'm just going through. And I'm something. like, man, this is the coolest shit. Oh you know, yeah, just looking at all the stuff that they have on there. I'm like, they make so much stuff. Now. I mean, pretty much anything you can think of, they make it now to take to a camp. Oh yeah, yeah, like yeah. anything. And that's kind of what, uh, when I started seeing, you know, same thing, you know, seeing all that stuff. It's like, man, how are you going to get in there? And then it's like, man, we're on horses. I mean, technically, we could pack in whatever we wanted to. The old adage, forget about the mule and just load the wagon. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, we've loaded them down pretty heavy. I mean. I have a a friend of mine that uh, I say, it's a guy that I work with, his brother-in-law, but he's a friend of mine. They go to Colorado every year, elk hunting, and – they, he goes and stays on, at this lodge, and he rents a team of mules, mm-hmm. and that's what he packs in and out of on a team of mules. And I'm like, man, that's 
That's got to be the that's got to be the the Cadillac, the cat's meow, because there ain't nothing better than a mule. Yeah, yeah. I've I've seen on TV people using like llamas. I've seen that too. Yeah, I've seen them. Like I've seen have them. llamas just trailing behind yeah. them. Oh yeah, yeah. Now there's there's a couple guys up there where we hunt at every year. They bring up they like they bring up like four or five llamas and yeah. And, and like I said, riding I, the llama up the mountain. No, you ain't got to ride them. Um, but even you know, I've had friends that go. Well, we don't ride horses. We don't do that. And I'm like, I'll tell you what. If you want to go. You don't mind walking. You can walk in. At least you ain't got to carry your stuff. You right. Know? It doesn't matter. You know, the horse will do all the majority of the work for you. So I don't want to walk seven miles in the No, basement. hell no. And then four more up a mountaintop. I can promise you that. No, no. I'll but, gladly sit atop a horse to do that. Yeah. No, we got – this year was actually – it was it was a good year. Um, It was just – nobody drew except for my little boy. Well, I might say my little boy, 16, my youngest son. And I didn't even – I just saved my points. Uh, I wanted to make it all about him this year. And when I found out nobody drew, man, it was like I was just pumped. You know, it's like me and you, that's it, buddy. <laughs> and so we went up and we actually got ours. We wasn't a hundred yards from camp and they five o'clock in the morning got woke up to them just bugling and going crazy and, and so we went out and sat by the river and and I'll be damned if one didn't just Well a bunch of them come out high and then we were standing there and tree two hundred yards away from us, the only tree in the place, all of a sudden an elk steps out from behind oh, it and, and he got it, so yeah, this year was pretty sweet. Don't happen like that every year. No, for sure. I, no, I bet there's a bunch of people wish it did though. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. So my father-in-law, they used to go. Uh, my wife's grandpa, he was a veterinarian, and they went to Colorado every year. They they went for God years and years and years. That was their that was their every year's trip. You know, that mm-hmm. when all the guys got together. They took a a big chest freezer, and they put it on their low boy, mm-hmm. and they pull it up because they went and stayed at this ranch. They had befriended, I think the first couple of years, they roughed it pretty hard, and they had befriended this rancher, you know, and he kind of had given them access to their property and stuff, and uh, they uh, raised alfalfa as well. And uh, more than then, they go up there, and they had this big freezer on a trailer, and that was how they stored all their meat and their food, you know, because once you got into Colorado Hill, most of the time it was freezing or below, you oh, know, yeah. so they'd yeah. pack it, they'd bring all their stuff, put all their, their perishables in there, and pack it full of ice, you know, and just use it as like a big ice chest. And they load all their tents, and they had the big old army tents, you know, like twenty foot army tents. And man, they'd pack all their stuff on that little boy, and and all the guys, you know, my all my wife's cousins and uncles and everybody, they they load up and go, you know. And uh, they get up there, and they they you know they'd be talking to the rancher, and they they come eat steaks with him at night and stuff like that. And he'd be like, you know, like when the snow come down and. They'd be sitting there, and he's like, y'all go get them elk out of my damn alfalfa field, you know, because all them elk would come down off the mountains with the snow, you know. Mm-hmm. And they'd get in there, and they'd be ripping that alfalfa. He said, to hell with y'all go walking up that mountain. He said, y'all go shoot them some bitches right there in that alfalfa field and get them out of there. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. And they, he said, man, he said, we had the best of both worlds. He said, if the weather got rough, he said, we could hunt that low country, you know, and if it wasn't, they'd, they'd jet off into the mountains and yeah. go looking for them. Yeah, had we went, Yeah, we went this year. Uh or excuse me last year after christmas we went on a family vacation there and i that's the first time i've ever been to colorado that's the most beautiful place i've ever seen i mean it is a literal christmas card oh yeah Yeah, everywhere you look my first time going was a couple years ago and uh that was my first time going elk hunting that's my first time hunting out of state all that it was it was awesome uh Man, I've been wanting to do it again. Yeah, I've been yeah. wanting to do it pretty bad. I want to, I, next year. I really want to. I really want to try to put the put the put the pin down and and really yeah, try uh, to hustle up some public draws. Actually, there, 
is my 2020 Colorado elk right there. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. that green tag. Yeah. <laughs> that is not filled. <laughs> that is not yeah, filled. Got a, got a good old heaping bowl of tag suit. Yeah, that's yeah. it, man. That damn thing was damn near 700 bucks, so I'll put it in a frame. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. For sure. You no, you need, to, you need to send in and, and uh, get the points for first season, and, and that's really the time. Like I, I did it. And you counter. can usually, yeah, if you do – Sometimes, a lot of times, ninety percent of the time, one point will draw you a tag for first season, but two will definitely one hundred percent draw you a tag. Really? Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Oh, that's not that bad. Then. Yeah. And all every these, other year, basically. Pretty yeah. Much. And all you got to do is call me up. Yeah, that's. that's a, uh, I've got the boys on a rotation now to make sure that that I go um, first season every year for right. the next at least four years. I'll be up there first season. Which uh, that's Dang. what that's what Cody does for uh, Montana. Yeah. Every other year. He'll go and go mule deer hunting. What that, uh? That's I've got a bunch of mule deer tags, and um, I think we're gonna wait till my son's out of high school, and then we can spend a full, the full season up there. Cause that, that's like a seven or eight days. My father-in-law killed an absolute monster of mule deer up there, uh, in the alfalfa field. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're nice. Literally, I mean, he just <laughs> the, the farm was like, hey, you know. Kill that deer, yeah, out of here now. Like somebody, <laughs> somebody got to be on your tag. Shoot him, now. yeah. And they did. He was a, he was a dandy. I think he was like probably in the in the late seventies, maybe early eighties, one eighties. He was he was a hell of a deer. Oh yeah, yeah. There's some nice ones, but yeah, there's some beautiful. Ones. Colorado restructured their whole season now, and so by the time second season comes, you're really right. You're snowed out. That's what they were saying. They always went first rifle mm-hmm. because they said by the time second rifle got there, there was a good chance you were leaving your gear in the mountain. Oh yeah, to, they tell you uh-huh. literally leave it, and come back and get it in the spring. You yeah. know, because I mean, you're just there's nothing you can do with it. I mean, mm-hmm. he said they had some guys come from Mississippi, Louisiana, Mississippi, or something. They had brought four wheelers and everything. You know, they lift. Oh, they left them at their base camp, and then they packed in. You know, they walked in from there, and they said that they had to literally come back like five months later to go get their shit. He said oh. all their four, they just threw a tarp over their four wheelers and left them there, and I come back it. and got them four or five months later when the snow, Jeez. you know, when the snow was gone. He said it was. I mean, literally, you had days, and they were like, "Y'all can get your shit, and you can get out of here, and." If you can't get out of here, we'll come get you out of here, but your shit's staying, you yeah. know, and and y'all can just come back and get it whenever y'all get to it, you know. Oh, yeah. Yep. And it was, I was like, man, and I'll be honest, when we went in December, we went literally left the day after Christmas and drove 18 hours to Pagosa Springs, Colorado. And when we got into New Mexico, when we got in the upper half of New Mexico, it was torrential blizzard conditions the entire drive. Jeez. I have never seen the likes of that, you know, <laughs> like, I mean, it was like, I'm talking snow, snow, like this wasn't no middle of the mall snow like what we get here this is snow snow i mean feet of snow yeah like this is i mean it was unreal that's what i told my wife when we left i was like she's like you know you want to take my car and i was like no no i don't i said we're fixing to take my four-wheel drive pickup truck because i don't know how to drive in snow and i'm not i'm I'm not going to be caught slipping you know what i mean i'm not i'm not doing that Slow and easy. That's slow and easy. Slow and, and, and easy. everybody else went in two-wheel drive vehicles, and guess what? They caught holy hell. They'd hit ice on the road, and then somebody should just be fished out. <laughs> and, hey, I had, to, I had it in four high. We'd just be crawling. And now whenever they'd go to town or something, they needed to go to Walmart or anything like that, they just say, hey, can we take your truck? I'm like, I told you all I should have drove four-wheel drive vehicles. Be prepared, you know? <laughs> 
come prepared. Oh yeah. Oh man, yes, man, that's that is not something that I'm willing to gamble with, man. Because some of them cliff facings. I mean, when you go off the road right there, brother, it's it for you. They putting you on a t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> you you get the obituary in the newspaper. There's been many times we chained the pickup up and climbed out of there in chains. I, I mean, mean that was, is crazy. I yeah. could imagine having to pull a horse trailer and stuff through oh, all that. Yeah. Oh my oh, god, man. Yeah, a little sketchy. So, what do you do? Like, I've always wondered this. You know. Y'all carry tie-outs or something, to, or y'all hobble the horses? Uh, we, we just, where we camp at, we got, it's a pretty good little setup that we found. And fortunately, in all the years I've gone, nobody's ever been there. But we just tie them up to trees. I got you. We make them stand there. Um, <clears throat> buddy of mine, the guy that started taking me, he used to bring up and set up like a little hot wire setup. Right. And then uh, one year, probably a couple years before I started going with him, he uh, something come through camp and spooked the horses. Oh. Run them out, they run through the hot wire. He ended up finding them, um, but one had chipped a knee, and the other one was Ooh. pretty well so spooked it wouldn't even go back in the woods ever again. Yeah. And so he started tying them up, and so then I would just did the same thing. And last year, for whatever reason, he decided to do the hot wire thing again. And day same. before they were supposed to ride in, same thing his happened. horses was gone. And this was, I mean, this was at the truck. He didn't even make it in the mountain yet. Yeah. And uh, he stepped out of his trailer. He said, all I seen was tails going over the hill took him a day and he missed a day and a half of hunting trying to find them and so now we tie them up and we tie them up yeah. good so what do y'all do y'all y'all pack hay in with y'all or no yeah we pack else? bags of hay snow, cubes. I mean, yeah bags of hay cubes um yeah. we try to pack in depending on how long we're going to be there but right. uh two bags per horse i got you and uh so we've been That's pretty fortunate for a few days yeah yeah and then like when if you know, when we get up at the top or whatnot, if there ain't a bunch of snow or whatever, right, we got them. we got certain places we tie them up that they can they can graze. You know, just tie it up to the trees and right. whatnot. And so, so that's how that works. And then, yeah, I mean, it, it's I've been taking the same horse now for oh seven eight years, and I mean, it's to the point when we ride out of camp. I mean, he rides right to our first stop. I right, mean, hell he, yeah. He, he remembers right he where we're going. Right. Yeah, he knows the deal. You know, the quicker we can get one, the quicker we're out of here. Right. Um. He's got you. I've kind of learned his him and his body language, and and a lot of times, I mean, he'll he'll cut a track or something I don't see. You know, if he decides he's going to turn left, you just let him turn left yeah, right. and go. I mean, he he knows where he's going. Yeah, he knows where he's going, and he knows what we're. At. I feel like right. he knows what we're after, and they got a hell of a nose on him. And if he decides to stop and and flare them nostrils up, boy, you better get off and be ready because more than likely there's something something in that area. Right. And I've, I don't know, it's almost about like having a dog. Dang it. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty interesting. So, how no. do you, whenever y'all do y'all, you know, say you kill something and you, you feel dressing and you're packing and everything, y'all put it in bags and just hang it off the horse or y'all got packs that go? Yeah, we got, we got packs that, that, um, that ride behind us on the saddle or, um, a lot of times if, if I got an extra horse or if somebody's got an extra pack horse, we'll leave them at, leave them at camp tied up and go back and get them. I got you. Um, I don't like leaving them. It's like this year, you know, if say we didn't kill the way we did, then we would have just ride, rode that pack horse with us so right. he wasn't sitting there freaking out by himself. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, we just quarter him up. Um, that makes it so nice, man. I couldn't imagine having to pack him. Uh, and the whole elk. I mean, you're packing a quarter at a time, and that's a load. Oh yeah, yeah. no, I, I watch them guys walk out of there, and, and and the guys that are doing it on foot, and I mean, all the power to them, and you know, it's that's an all night affair. Yeah. Yeah, it's. I mean, if you it, kill it, one yeah, in the evening, it is a literal all night. Oh yeah. Well, that's yeah. I seen one guy. He's he's packing bone and all. I'm like, hey man, why don't you cut that up? He's like, well, I'm gonna cut it up when I get home. I go, well, <laughs> do it now. I'll make yeah, it lighter for yeah, you. Yeah, take some of that bone out of there. You know, you'd lose a lot of weight. I mean, the head alone's freaking seventy pounds. Right. You know? and, and but yeah, most guys, you know, they they 
deep on it. But every now and then you'll see a brave guy got a quarter throat over his back, makes five trips back in there. And uh, I'm like, walking for miles at a time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now before we took pack horses, we would we would debone them, you know, just save weight. And but now that we got pack horses, we just we quarter them and bring them out. In That's quarters. the ticket, man. That right there is. That sounds like it. Yeah. yeah. What's the uh, what's the go to caliber for elk? I know he's gonna ask me that. Uh, don't laugh, but I've shot a two seventy short mag for almost twenty mm. years now. Okay. And uh, okay, we're gonna laugh at. And uh, everybody kind of gives, oh, you need to go bigger, you need to do this and that. And, I mean, man, I've I've hit elk at six hundred plus. Um, hey, both of my, both of my boys now shot their first elk with it. Uh, it the only thing that's got me thinking about getting another rifle is I can't find ammo. That's it's a getting to the point I can't find that's ammo. So for my my new rifle is a six eight western, which mm-hmm. is just same thing. Yeah, you know, lowered shoulder faster twist rate for heavier projectile mm-hmm. yeah instead so, of running a 130 or 140 out of a out of a 270 short mag yeah i got a, i got a boxes of 165 yeah. i got i shot oh so you can bump that up to 160 see that's the biggest it, i could find mm-hmm. is a 150 right you know see i shot a i shot a <clears throat> spike last year because i just got it I wanted to shoot something with it shot a spike last year with a 175 oh shit. yeah <laughs> folded them up huh oh man <laughs> i i thought i made a bad shot i pulled the trigger and he ran off when I was cleaning him. I mean, there's a hole this big on the back side of him, and just plop goes half the heart mm-hmm. into the gut bucket. I was like, damn. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that might be an interesting option to look into there. Yeah. Because yeah. that's it's a lot Western. more mainstream now, and ammo's a lot easier to find. Yeah. It's still the 27 caliber bullet. Yeah. You know, shooting heavy for caliber. I mean, I think, can't you go up to 18? Is there, is this 165, 175? Uh, well, they. They have an all copper that's like 162 that Winchester makes. You don't want that. Uh, I think they might go up to 180. I'm not real sure. Uh, I know. What makes a Game King makes a 175 though, right? Yes, yes. The Sierra yeah. tip Game King, Game King. Yeah, and it's it it does it does the work. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. So now that's that's been my last last couple of years. That's been my big. <laughs> I used to be a, a huge oddball guy. I, I mean, I got off to oddball calibers, you know, back before the world went to hell, and you could actually find ammunition everywhere. Mm-hmm. Or if you couldn't find it anywhere, oh, yeah. you could find it the online. Six five three hundred Weatherby, seven song Weatherby. Yeah. I had a two fifty seven Weatherby. I've had a seven millimeter WSM. I've had, I mean, just a host of different oddball. You know, I always like fast, fast, yeah. fast, fast. Yeah. And all this shit happened, and, man, you couldn't find ammo. You couldn't find components. I mean, it wasn't bad enough. You know, it was bad enough that you couldn't find the ammo. And then it got to where you – okay, so now guys that were able – would reload well then once they started doing that you couldn't find reloading components so oh, yeah. now you were double couldn't find you know? powder couldn't find primers <laughs> couldn't find anything primers you know? are, primers are still expensive yeah, oh, yeah. It was ridiculous i mean they're like 80 dollars a hundred yeah eight I, cents two years ago i was paying 35 dollars or i say 80 dollars a dollars a thousand i was paying 35 a thousand like two years ago Oh yeah, it's just. I mean, it's everything. Yeah, everything. Yeah, I mean, so that, that was it. Like your primer was three and a half cents. It didn't matter if it was a small pistol primer, or if it was a large rifle magnum primer. Three and a half cents. Yeah, and that's you know, and that's so when all that happened, I got rid of I got rid of my two fifty seven. I got rid of my six five by three hundred Weatherby. I got rid of my seven millimeter WSM. 
I got rid of it because I mean, even like even when you found those bullets, they were seventy, eighty, oh, yeah. ninety dollars yeah. a box. Well, now they're ninety, hundred, hundred and twenty a box. You know? Yeah, that's seventy bucks a box. <clears throat> that's my kid. He wanted to use use mine to go coyote hunting after oh, he shot yeah. his elk. I'm like, eh, we ain't paying four dollars a shell for right, coyotes. Right. <laughs> I think these are going for like I don't know forty five, fifty dollars a box. Yeah, everything is so high now. But I I made the decision when we when all this stuff happened. I was like, you know, I'm going with a one big popular caliber and i shot a 270 for years and i loved it i shot a seven mag i loved it you know and i, and I was real hung up on one of the two and the, yeah those are both very popular oh yeah, yeah. super popular that was, that's my next you could walk into anywhere you know and pretty much it, and like, then and then i got to thinking i was like man i really like the heavy 30 cal punch and one bullet i could walk into probably any gun store on the face of the planet earth and buy bullets for is a 300 wind mag yep. and i was like you know that's that's the one i'm going to sit on i'm just going to go on i'm going to get the 300 wind mag and i'm yeah, but that, that's that's the thing though like 30 caliber <laughs> is america's caliber Oh, that's what I was going to go as far as, you know, go back to old school and go 30 out 6. Right. Yeah. I mean, 30 out 6, 308. Them kind of, you can't really yeah. find the shells you want anymore. Yeah. I mean, know? it's 300 or 7 mag or 308, you know. Yeah. 30 out 6 is not as common as it used to be. No, no definitely uh-uh. is not. No, they used to. You, I mean, I remember going in the stores, you know, and you'd have 40 different selections of 30 I mean, out like, 6. Yeah, you know, it's like how. How long has it been <coughs> since it's been phased out of military? Oh, the thirty out six. Yeah, I mean, so. Well, I mean, used to like you know, most everybody in the world, you, grandpa, dad, everybody shot mm-hmm. quarter lock thirty out six. You can't hardly go in and buy a quarter lock thirty out six no. anymore. All you no. can buy is deer season X speed. Yeah. yeah. Federal speed shot or you know whatever yeah. the hell they yeah, are. The, the you know? one with the little camo in yeah. the box and stuff. And yeah. I'm like, where's the fucking green and gold box of Remington Core Lock? Yeah. yeah. You know, the yeah. 150 grain 30 alt 6. Yeah. You're like, where are them at? Yeah. You know? Fuck a 30 30, you can't hardly find shells for. Nothing for it. Yeah. When you do 30 30 shells, used to be like 16 bucks a yeah. box. Now yeah. they're $35, $40 a box for Core Locks. That's not even the Hornady Lever Revolution Ballistic Tips, no. which is what I shoot out of mine. Yeah. It's just for core locks. Forty dollars a box for thirty thirty. It's unreal. Yeah, uh, that we we both have a three hundred eight. We've both been shooting the uh, the Norma in it. And when we first found it, because Norma's good brass, and I've got a loading press, so I was like, if if anything, it's worth it for the brass because it was twenty five dollars a box. It's super cheap. Oh yeah, now, and my gun shot them very, very well. They suck ass on game though; they're terrible. Yeah, they're but just they, a, they shoot. They're just a lead soft point. I mean, it's nothing, nothing fancy, but like the brass is good. Mm-hmm. It looks like a core lock style bullet, but it does not perform like a core lock. Oh bullet. really? Yeah, it does not. Like a Remington core lock bullet does damage. Oh this yeah, thing I've heard, I've heard the same thing about power points. Winchester power points. Yeah, because uh, same thing about them too. I, I've got friends that shoot those, and they said that. Uh, that they shot a deer and like man we looked for hours for that thing couldn't find any blood and just fi- finally found it but yeah that's my deal like, like i shot a, i've shot a few animals with them and i there was never a speck of blood left on the ground never hmm. once now granted i never had an animal run much more than about 10 or 20 yards so it wasn't hard to find but if heaven forbid one did run you're shit out of luck yeah because you're not finding it right this but thing. uh ain't producing the damage it's huh? not producing but yeah even even those have gone up they're like yeah 34 yeah, yeah they're 35 bucks a box you know for them and i was like you know 
I pay forty dollars a box for the for the new tipped core lock. That's what I actually shoot out of my three hundred eight now, the one hundred and fifty tipped core locks. And I, I shot that doe with them Thanksgiving, and I was very impressed. I mean, it did. It, it, did, it did well. Yeah, it did some serious damage. I got you. Yeah, I mean, they say it's it's <coughs> it ruined hard. A, it's ruined a half a rib gauge for sure. Ooh, yeah, they say it hard. I mean, it's still just the the core lock. Yep. But they just have the polymer tip on. I had a buddy of mine that he had bought the regular core locks, and then he bought, uh, I think he bought two boxes of the regular core locks and two boxes of the tipped core locks. And he, you know, he called me and he's like, "Hey man, he's like, my gun's not shooting these core locks for shit." And he's like, "This is the first gun that I've ever had that doesn't, you know, didn't shoot them very good." And it was a Bergara. Uh, I don't remember if it was. A, I think it's a Ridgeline. So it wasn't like a nicer Bergara rifle, you know. And they're notoriously very accurate. I had one HMR, and it was one of the most accurate rifles I've ever shot. I mean, it was less than a half inch gun at a hundred yards all day long. With Hornady match ammo. And I told him, I said, well, I said, you know, try those tip bullets and see how they do before you panic, you know, because he, he said the gun was shooting like an inch and a half with the regular core locks. I said, try the tip bullets. I said, ballistic tips are always going to shoot better than a soft point bullet. It's just they're they're, yeah. they're more aerodynamic. They're going to shoot better. I said, you know, I mean, in reality, a sub-MOA gun is less than an inch at 100 yards. Any gun guarantee you get from any gun manufacturer's besides like gun works or you know moa rifles or mcwarders anything like right. that you know any production you know bench gun that you get from a, from a cookie cutter company or something like that's going to give you a sub minute guarantee so he's like you know they're shooting an inch and a half i said well i mean all you got to do is shoot less than an inch and they're no other you know they're not going to they're not going to warranty that is inaccurate you know i mean anything less than an inch in a hunting rifle hey, you're pretty damn good yeah yeah and he's like yeah he's like I'll, I'll try the tip ones you know i said i said just try the tip ones i said it buy a you know buy some more of them if they don't work i'll buy them because my gun shoots them and shoots them good and he's like all right i'll do that i'll do that well, he sent me a picture of that because him and his wife were going hunting and uh, they were headed to South Texas, and he sent me a picture the next day. And he's like, he's like, man, he's like, Melissa shoots them better than I do. He said, hell, he sent me a picture. I mean, all three of them. Just the difference in them tip bullets from the regular core locks were like, I mean, tight. Like, you know, probably three quarter inch groupers better. Yeah, might just have to tell his wife to that's shoot what, his that's, tag. Yeah, that's what, that's what it is. She did. She she went on a on a rampage, you know. And uh, they killed like eight deer in a weekend out there, you know, him and between her and his dad, and they were yeah. laying them out. And that's what I told us, man, you know, ballistic tip bullets always, you know, perform better than a lead tip, you know, as far as accuracy wise. They're always going to fly better, just they're more aerodynamic. You right. Know? But. They did. That's a very good option, too. A lot of people don't realize now. And those are actually still pretty affordable. I mean, as affordable as you can be in this crazy-ass market that we live in. Right. I mean, I feel like $40 a box for, for, a, for a nice hunting ammunition $40 is a box is cheap. Yeah, it's yeah. Not, yeah, it's not that bad. If you think that's bad, buy a uh, Get a, a different a hobby. Yeah, that is no shit. If you think that's bad, get a 270 short bag. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, anywhere from yeah, 70 okay. to 90 a yeah. box. Yeah, buy anything with, a, with, a, with an SM or SSM in it. Or anything with a WBY on the end of it. Yeah, if it yeah, says right. Weatherby Magnum, go ahead and oh, fork yeah. out a couple crisp Benjamin Franklins because this shit is expensive. It is high. Man, that, that 6.5 by 300, oh, man. When I bought the 257, I had a, my friend at work shoots a 257. He shot it for 60 years, 50 years. I mean, he literally shot it since he was a young man, mm -hmm. you know. Him and his dad, had a they had a uh, uh, like a remodeling construction company, and – he told me that they uh, they had did this job for a lady and she couldn't afford to pay him, so she paid with a pair of matching two fifty seven Weatherby Mark Fives. Oh yeah, and they yeah, shot. That, that's the that, same rifle he still shoots to work. this to this day. 
he still shoots that gun. And I was like, man, I was like, man, that's an awesome idea. You know, it's fast, flat. I was like, man, that's badass. I'm gonna get me one, and I did. And I love that gun. I probably will get another one, just because for like East Texas or even Hill Country Whitetail, you cannot beat that thing. Mm-hmm. It is unreal. But at the time when I bought it, I was shooting those cheap hundred grain Norman Spitzers that he shoots out of his, and they were only I could find them online for like forty bucks a box. And I was like, man, forty bucks a box, this ain't bad, you know. Now they're seventy, eighty, you know, oh, yeah. bucks a bucks a box. No matter how you look at it, the worst ammunition you can find for it's eighty bucks. But mm-hmm. I graduated from that, and I went to that when the six five three hundred came out, and I was like, man, oh man, this is bad as ass six five on the market, you know. 3,700 feet per second or some shit. It was unreal. You know, four inches of drop at 500 yards. I mean, it just was crazy. You know, the ballistics were ridiculous. But <clears throat> I got to looking for ammo for that thing online. Once again, this is when you could still find it. And the cheapest shit I could find was 70, 60, 70. Right. I was about to say, you're, you're going to pay about 120 oh, yeah. bucks Miss Joy a box. Got a, Miss Joy got a couple of boxes in. They were like $99 a box. I was like, God, almighty, I don't <laughs> think this is the right one. And right. I took it on one deer hunt. I sighted that thing in. And after it got done whipping my ass all up and down that gun range, <laughs> I was like, mm-hmm. I've had enough. Man. I've had enough. This thing, I mean, it's bad when there's when there's pressure release holes drilled in the bolt to let gas pop off out of the bolt. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, it's bad, you know. And that thing kicked, God, a mighty kick like a me. And loud, whoa. I can imagine. So, those two rifles, the two guys that I work for, one has a 257 Weatherby, and the other one has a 65300. <laughs> and their pockets hurt every time they buy ammunition for them. We'll see. I bet. And, and Cody's shoulder hurt every time say, that 6.5 bar. So I was going to say, no, the no, Colton's no. shoulder hurts every time he gets No, Casey has a 6.5. Oh, Casey's got a 6.5. So he was looking for ammo, and I was out on a job. I was talking to the guy, get my ticket signed, and he, we were talking guns. And he said he had one, but he didn't anymore. But he, and he had it. He's like, man, I got like two cases of ammo. It's like, I don't have a rifle for it. I was like, I know somebody. He's like, yeah, tell him. Tell him call me. Tell him call me. So Casey went and bought it. So he's he's good on ammo for a long time. If he bought two cases of ammo, I bet they had to pull a lean out on the on the business or something. <laughs> and I know yeah. his shoulder, he's just looking for an orthopedic specialist every time he looks at that gun in the case because that thing kicked God almighty. Yeah, so. Uh, it would be the equivalent of walking up there and slapping one of your horses on the ass on the mountain. Oh, yeah. Him kick you right in the shoulder. That's about the equivalency of the kick of that gun. I mean, it is terrible. <laughs> It is absolutely awful. Like I will shoot, I will take my three hundred, and I will shoot a case of shells through it before I shoot a box to that six five by three hundred. Yeah, three hundred ain't no punk either. It ain't a punk, yeah. but I'm telling you what, that <clears throat> thing kicks. I mean, like half as much as a six five by three hundred. It is unreal how much that oh, thing kicks. Man. I couldn't imagine shooting a Magnum Weatherby caliber like a like a three hundred Weatherby. Or like a 300, 378. Or oh, I something. shot a biggest, I suppose biggest. I shot a 7 Ultra Mag one time. Weather be 7 Ultra Mag. Buddy might have had up there elk hunting. I'm like, man, this, oh, you don't even feel it when you're shooting at something. I'm like, yeah, but how do you even sight it in? Yeah, that's you know, what you I'm gotta, I understand I, the adrenaline's flowing when the animal's out there, but you got to get it sighted in. Right. So I shot mine at a piece of AR-500 steel at 100 yards. And it went through it. Oh, God, it didn't go through it. It burned <laughs> through it like a, like a, like a, cheap cigarette yeah yeah absolutely i mean <laughs> even the guy on the ranch he said what in the hell is that 
because we were trying to shoot it, you know, and he had the man-sized steel target up there, and I bore-sided it. He said, yeah, he said, just shoot that steel target up there. You know, we'll get on that, and we'll figure out where it's and at. And you're like, are you sure? Yeah, and I was like, ah, all right, yeah, that's a good idea. We'll shoot the steel, you know. Man. Yeah. And I said, oh, we got it. And he's like, yeah. He's like, let's, he said, that looked like daylight through that target. And I said, yeah, it does, don't it? Uh, yeah, it sure does. Like <laughs> We went down, and I mean, there is a perfect. You know what kills body armor? Speed. Yeah, that's yeah. a fact. I mean, that is a piece of AR-500 steel. 100%. And you are have that thing cooking out of that rifle. It's going to go. Yeah, at almost right 4,000 feet per second at 100 and I think oh, I was yeah. shooting 100. Doesn't stand a chance. No way. I was shooting 140 or 150 grains out of that gun. But, man, I mean, it burned through that AR-500 like it was a Jeez. piece of paper. And he's like, I have never in my life seen somebody shoot through this at 100 <laughs> yards. I said, well, there you go. Now you have. <laughs> have now. The weather before light did it. Yeah, I think uh, I think Casey said he did the same thing with his shot a steel target with it and it just burned. I mean, it. like nothing. Oh yeah, without hesitation. So I I got away from all of that. I used like I said, I loved oddballs, man. I just that was my thing. But anything you could find ammo for anything, mm-hmm. you know, pre COVID, you could find ammo for whatever you wanted. Oh yeah. And now I got a three hundred eight, I got a three hundred Win Mag, and a thirty thirty. <clears throat> you know, that's my that's my three. And because I mean that's I did the same thing. And I, I never been a big 308 guy. I've been happy with it. Don't get me wrong. But I mean I feel like 308 is probably a little bit overkill for most of the deer around here. And you know especially when I was hunting in hill country. I mean there you know shoot you can shoot them with a damn red rider baby gun most of the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I was like man this is overkill. But you know I'm gonna get it just because a buddy of mine had the rifle that I wanted and I couldn't find. They discontinued it. You know and uh, that specific model. And it was in 308, and I was like, pissed on it. I'll just get it and shoot 308, you know. And can't go I've been, wrong with no, it. No, I've been really no. happy with it. It's done. Yeah, it's it's really like, just like you said, you can find ammo anywhere. Yeah, you can find ammo anywhere. It's soft recoil, and especially mm-hmm. I shoot it with my suppressor. You know, my wife shoots it. I mean, I shoot it. Anybody can shoot it. Hell, a 10 year old can shoot it, you know. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't kick it, you know. It, it's got a lot of knockdown power downrange. I mean, it's, it's a great gun. I like it a lot, you know. I've been very pleased with it. I'm not upset that I made the switch, but. There's always a piece of me that, you know, loves that those, fast. Yeah. The, the, love, you know, the need for speed, man. I yeah, loved it. The it was, oddball stuff. Yeah. Now I've got a 6 8 <coughs> Western. Yep. Which is, I wouldn't say oddball. It's new. It's new, but definitely not oddball. It's getting pretty mainstream. And then I've got a 280 Ackley improved. That's oddball. Yeah. Yeah. You want to talk about ammo? When you can even find it is expensive. No, I don't know. I found some in uh, Evidale. Really? $50. Mitchell Saw Supply? Yes. I'll be damned. They had their, well, we got one box left. It's $50. I'm like, all right. And then guy come in behind me. He's like, I'm looking for a unicorn. What are you looking for? 280 Ackley. I go, I'm like, man, just take it. Take it. Like, I haven't even sighted that rifle in. Like, like you need to front and like, I'm not going to use it this season. So you're probably not going to use it next season either. Maybe we'll see. Reloading components for it are hard to find too. Uh, brass is the biggest issue i know but you gotta get i think nosler makes it yeah it's expensive Ooh, but yeah uh, yeah that is definitely not that's that's a that's, i mean but yeah as far as like projectiles it's anything oh, yeah. seven anything millimeter seven reg, yeah yeah that's not hard to find but the rest of it is the issue projectiles no. are never the problem no i mean like uh primers are gonna be easy powder easy yeah, but uh, brass. Yeah, the brass. The most critical component. Yeah, right. I was gonna say the main component. <laughs> the main component. Right. Literally the most important one. So I mean, I've got I've got a little bit of brass. I've got like seventy pieces. So 
It's enough to maybe do some load development. Yeah. Give you about 15 left over, 20 left over. Right. And then tumble them and clean them and load them up. And then. That's a good thing about that. I wonder what you could probably get four or five, maybe four or five shots before. I know. If you got an annealer and everything. I know Lapua brass. Uh, Cody bought some for a six five Creedmoor, and they were saying they're getting twenty reloads That's out of a, it. The six five Creedmoor is a lot different than a two eighty. I understand that, but out of Lapua, twenty reloads out of Lapua brass. Mm. Even for a six five Creedmoor, that sounds pretty sketch. They're not definitely not pressuring those loads up. So I, I mean that that makes it two thousand rounds ran through that rifle. I'm like, your barrel's going to be gone before by the time your brass is bad. There's no way that they're shooting that at – there's no way they're pushing 2,800 feet per second at 20 reloads. I don't know. This is just what he told me. I don't know how they loaded it, whatever, but people were saying they were getting 20 reloads out of their brass. I mean, it's impressive if they can do it. More yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot of work, though. <laughs> yeah. God, I bet they're turning the necks on them things. But, I mean, like, you're, like it's going you're looking style. at every every couple uh, – I mean, every couple times you're, you're trimming brass yeah, down. Yeah, literally. Like, every two. Yeah, that's a that's a hard no for me. Let's move away from. So let's move away from the big game now. Let's go to let's go to some feathers. All right. Let's talk about pheasants and let's talk about some ducks. Well, what do you want to talk about? Tell us tell us the stories. Tell us the stories about. Yeah, what what's it like? I mean, the pheasant hunting or the draw or the seeing a thousand ducks land on top of you with that, no decoys both, or nothing. Yeah, both, <laughs> both of them. Uh, bird hunting, pheasant hunting is. Uh, I mean, it's my go-to. You know, it's the longest season we got up there. Uh, How long is the season? Starts in the first weekend of November and goes till January 31st. Oh, wow. So it's basically a garden yeah. season. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 70-something days. And so. Hopefully it's a lot uh, better. <laughs> we, uh, or I got into pheasant hunt. I was probably 18, 19 years old. Um, went with a buddy of mine. And just, I mean, the first time a dog kicked a, a bird up, I mean, it was just, I'm like, I'm hooked. And it wasn't two months later. I had my own puppy, trained it, you know, trained them all myself, trained it myself. And it just. You just teach her to quarter? Yeah. yeah. She just, yeah. Basically, I mean, I just try to keep them, you know, within 15, 20 yards in front of me, just working back and forth, you know, or whoever. You know, if she goes over and works in front of somebody else, it's no big deal, you know, as long as she ain't ranging too much. Right. Yeah. Because it doesn't take much, man. No, I mean, because if she's 15 yards, um, you know the bird's probably gonna flush it, unless they're you know it's real cold or they're they're sitting real tight. You know if she's at 15 yards, that bird's gonna flush it 25 or 30. You know so. My only experience with wild pheasants in the Panhandle of Texas, and I will not do this again because it was not fun. Unless I go back with somebody with dogs, which I, I had a pointer at the time, but she was a young puppy. I didn't bring her. And I have labs now, but mine don't load upland hunt. They don't know how to quarter. They don't know to flush. They don't know how to do any of that stuff. They just strictly retrieve ducks and geese. Mm-hmm. But I mean, they'll retrieve upland birds. I don't have. I've brought them and just walked at heel, you know. And just yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, if you just keep them with you, and let I mean, them retrieve yeah. them. But uh, and the pheasant, that's a bad son of a bitch when he's crippled. Man, oh yeah, that is a tough, he's that running, is a tough he's, bird, man. Yeah. I, I tried running one down, and that was man, that thing was <laughs> gapping me, dude. Like. <laughs> He was very gingerly crippled, you know, the guy that we were hunting with, he was shooting a 20-gauge, and he, 
I mean, he got him. Don't get me wrong. He hit him. He brought him down. But trying to chase a, a pheasant I mean, through he, corn stalks? He, whoa. He, yeah. oh, oh, no, bro. You forget it. He didn't yeah. have a whole lot of quit in him. No. No, a no, lot of times didn't. up there, it's 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 big, thick grass, you know, what we call 10-year set aside. And um, so, I mean, you're waist-deep grass. That's CRP thick. stuff up there. Yeah, CRP. Yeah. Yep. And uh, so, yeah, when you drop one, especially if you don't drop it, drop it. I mean, you, your dog better have a nose on it. Oh, yeah. Otherwise, I mean, you'll – that's some bitch that run circles around you, or, or you won't even see well, the problem it that looking we had for was, it. You know, they were they were used to flushing, you know, big drives. They do drive. Well, you put, you know, blockers in the field, <clears throat> and you put 20 or 30 people driving, you know, when you push those birds. So, basically, the blockers that you put at the end of the field stop the birds from, from going past it's, that yeah. area. You know, that's it, the basic It basically the pushes them, and when they hit the end, instead of just running, they, they're coming they're up. They're coming up, flying. you know, so everybody's just shooting. I mean, it's a madhouse. You know, all the birds in the field get down on one end, and they stack up, and then once everybody gets down there, well, it's just free-for-all, you know. Well, we didn't have that. We had – it was – you know, we were hunting on some family property. There was four or five of us hunting. But, man, you couldn't get – I mean, we couldn't get within 200 yards of a pheasant. You know, you get – we and we hunted some CRP. We hunted some crop. And, I mean, you'd be going along, you know, and you'd <laughs> – yeah. And, and this big old rooster, he's gone, bro. And I'm like, man, we can't even get remotely close to shotgun range with these birds yeah. before they flush, you know. And we didn't have anybody at the other end of the field to block them, and we didn't have dogs to point them and everything. Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, this is just this is a pain in the ass. We walked like eight and a half miles the first day. Oh, yeah, that's a lot of walking. That's Literally, I can tell somebody I walked eight and a half miles uphill in the snow both ways because <laughs> that field crowned in the middle, and I'd walk up one side in the snow, and then I'd turn around and walk up the other side. And I'm just like, man, this is a pain, dude. Like, this is hard. You know, yeah. this is physical. And I was a bigger guy at the time, you know. And I was like, man, this is this is a struggle. Like, I'm yeah, not for all this. This is not little, fun. A little more agile I would do now. it now. I would do it now. Man, walking is easy now. But I'm like, this is not this is not fun hunting these damn birds. Like, it ain't like it is when you're hunting them under a dog. You know, yeah. it's, it's a lot different. And that's what I've, I've always wanted to go because, man, I got a buddy that lived in Montana working on the pipeline for a little while. And, man, he told me. I was, I was like, what did you do? He said, I pheasant hunted. You know, he said, it's so cold. You really can't do anything else. He said, we just will see pheasants. In Montana, I don't know how Nebraska is. Montana, as long as you're off the shoulder of the road. Yeah, you shoot. Yeah. You I mean you can shoot off the road, just not technically off the road, you know. Yeah, you're supposed to get out of the truck. Yeah, exactly. Shoot them get out of the window. truck. Get out of the truck. <laughs> get on the side, you know, and and you can bust them. And I'm like, man, that's like that's awesome. You can just driving around, see a pheasant, boom. And most of their private land is unless it's posted, is public. You know, I mean, you can use it like it's yours unless it's posted. You know, no hunting or whatever. Well, that's the same way in Nebraska. I mean, for the most part, you know, I know good majority of the landowners up there, and uh, that's where it's a lot different than down here is. There's no, there's no leases. There's no, you know, even if you don't know the guy, nine times out of ten, if you, you know, pull up, say, hey, man, mind if I walk that little waterway or walk that ditch or whatever, you know, they, for the most part, I'd say 90% of them, you know, yeah, go ahead. You know, especially, you know, it, now that the kids are getting a little older and, you know, really getting the kids into it, man, all you got to tell them, hey, me and my son want to walk that. Oh, you got kids? Yeah, you know, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> so, you know. so Spencer told me one time, my buddy, he said they were laid out in a goose spread in Montana. He said the farmer come hauling ass through the field just pick up he comes sliding drifting through the spread he rolled his windows down he's like y'all getting them and spencer's like yeah man we're lighting them up he's like hell yeah keep going and he just burnt out you know yeah. he just drove his truck out of the spread you know he was gone yeah and i was like that's my kind of farmers you know like yeah they're all around I here mean, you'd be in the penitentiary you oh know? yeah 100 you know, this cat just drove up didn't no more know them from adam just rolled his window down y'all getting them yeah we lighting them up oh hell yeah keep on them you know give them hell and he oh, just burnt man. off on them I was like, man, that's what I, I want to go up there. I really do. I want to go up north and experience. That is, it is pretty cool. Yeah. Of course, 
you got a lot more real estate than what we have here. You know, our agriculture is down so much. I mean, even when you get into Panhandle of Texas, you can still get permission. I would say probably 65, 70% of the time yeah. you could probably get permission. You know, but there's just so much agriculture per capita there, yeah. you know, per person. And a lot less people. A lot less people, you know, exactly. And a lot of times up there, the farmers, you know, some few of them deer hunt or, you know, when they're checking cows or whatever, right. they got a rifle with them. But nobody, as far as farmers, none of them really like, oh, I'm hunting this piece of property. Yeah. You know, don't come on here, blah, blah. You know, I mean, they just, you know, you got a few hardcore guys, you know, that, that got their spots. And they'll tell you, you know, hey, you can hunt any of my land. Don't touch that piece of property. That's where I hunt at. Yeah. You know, and so. I imagine as long as you're showing up with a shotgun or trying to shoot a coyote, you probably Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, deer hunting a little, you know, you got a few, like I said, a few people that, you know, but most of the time it's just just stay away from that one piece. Right. You know, you can hunt everything else, stay off of that 100 acres or whatever. Right. And so it's 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 pretty sweet that way. It's a lot different here. And as I'm getting older, I try to find the. The smaller ditches to walk. Right. Try not to get yeah. in them big four hundred <laughs> acre right. grass fields and, right. and stuff. So, what about your ducks up there? Oh man, they it's it's pretty good duck hunting. Uh, this year I didn't get in on a whole lot of it. Um, I did give up my spot to a couple buddies of mine, and I mean they stacked them up. I mean it was just well, that's what you were telling me about uh, Thursday. Yeah, yeah. I mean they just uh, every, we got a deep freeze, real hard freeze. So every little ditch, everything froze up except for the main river. And I got a buddy that owns, oh, I want to say probably about three three thousand acres. You know, just that just follows right along the rivers, and it's kind of slivered, and so it's just the whole length of the of the river. And, and give up kid I work with, he needed a place to duck, and I said, man, I'll tell you what, go down there and. So I took him down, introduced him to him, and he sent me videos. And there must have been, if there wasn't a thousand ducks coming in that place, there wasn't one. Yeah. And I mean, not a decoy, not nothing. They went out, threw out some layouts, and just stacked them up. Jeez. He even called me, man, I shot my first banded bird. You know, this and that. I'm like, well, all them birds, I hope one was banded. Yeah, no kidding. So, but, <clears throat> and it's like that pretty much for the most part from the beginning of duck season on through. You know, y'all season opens pretty early because I know we were looking at going like the week before Halloween. Yeah, yeah, it does. It opens earlier. You know, I mean, which for the longest time it used to open at the same time as down here, and I'm like, well, that don't make no sense. Why? You know, we're the first in the migration, or you guys are, you know, either ours should open earlier, or down here should open later, or something. Yeah, because usually after season ends is when it finally gets cold. And the ducks show up, right? Yeah, yeah. oh yeah. They, I noticed that at the crawfish farm. Mm-hmm. When I had the oh yeah, farm. come March time, they'd be yeah, they're loaded in there. February and March, you you can go out here and see the prettiest of every kind of duck. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, but I guess it's kind of strategic too. They don't want they don't really want us to kill them no. anyway, so they just keep shafting <laughs> us with the season. Yeah, the way that right. we got them and the way it's set up now, they don't. Really yeah, want us like to shoot now them. they can we can still still shoot geese up there. Um, I think that goes for another week or so. Oh really? But yeah, they got. Another That's week what I really Canadians. wanted to go do. That's what I told my buddy Justin. We were like, man, like I want to go hunt the Platte River. Like I want to go hunt Greenheads yeah. and Canada's on the river. Like, yeah. That's what I'm trying to do. I don't give a damn about shooting. Don't get me wrong. I say I don't give a damn. Anytime I go shoot Greenheads and Canada's, oh yeah, I'm happy. But I've shot greenheads in Canada's in the field. Like, that shit's cool. Don't get me wrong. It's fun. I'm not trying to. Somebody's going to be pissed off. You know, I'm not knocking that in the least. However, I've done it. I've been there, done that, got the T-shirt. You know, yep. I want to go shoot geese. hunt them on the river. Yep. Like, I, I want to go I want to go be sitting on the river shooting down in the ducks and the geese. Like yeah. That's what I want to go do. Yeah, and when you say the North Platte, I mean, even where we're at, I mean, it's good. You know, it's probably some of the best hunting 
but the North Platte, anywhere on the North Platte, I don't care if you're east, west, the North Platte is the El Primo of waterfowl. Yeah. I mean, for whatever reason, I don't know why, never have been able to answer that question, but that is where the birds are he at. You're saying there's some lake up there, big lake that never freezes, or uh, uh, it has to just be like that's Lake McConaughey is probably what he's talking maybe. about. Uh, you know that does sound pretty familiar, yeah, uh, to be honest. Yeah, with you. it just it's just so and big. And he says it winters so many birds, you yep. know, and that it just kind of keeps all the farm and there's oh so much ag. Yeah. Oh yeah. Know? I mean, especially yeah out there between there just, the ag and the river, he's mm-hmm. like you know that that lake just kind of feeds everything. I mean, he said so many ducks and geese roost on that thing. That, and a lot of them guys man they get hardcore out there they put they put pumps in and uh you know they'll pump water from right. the bottom of the pond and yeah. recirculate it and keep everything open right. you know they got timers on them that start oh, wow. them and and some guys they you know they'll they'll just their irrigation pivots and stuff they'll just take the main off and it'll, let it, let it'll it crank up at three in the morning and just start flooding <laughs> fields and right yeah, it's 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 a whole other. I want to make a trip. There. I definitely, I definitely yeah, want to make a trip, man. That, <clears> that was, sounds like a lot of fun. I was yeah. pretty excited about it last year. I was kind of bummed out we didn't get to go because it was it sounded like a, a hell of a good time. Oh yeah, and like I said, I mean a lot of times you, I mean you you ain't even throwing decoys out. I mean you're not even touching calls a lot of times. You know if you're in the right spot, they're just, they're just coming. Right. I mean. Yeah, it's it's tough to beat, man. When you get, I just can imagine you know being sitting and the, and the river's really not that big if you think no, about it. And uh-huh. A lot of things he said a lot of places they were hunting it wasn't but like you know ankle to yeah ankle no to yeah the plat the, the plat especially it's it's just a just a real shallow sand bottom river. And I, I think that's a lot of it. You know they come into that sand and I and, hunted some guys from Nebraska last weekend. As a matter of fact, they drove down here to duck hunt this weekend and uh, this past weekend, and they were telling me about that. And he's like, man, it's just. You know how they do. Th- it's just so interesting to me. You know, as an avid waterfowler, because that's really what I am. That's what mm-hmm. my passion is. I mean, it's, I've been duck hunting since I was seven years old, and I just have really, you know, I love deer hunting. I love big game hunting. Like that's something that I've gotten into within the last, you know, ten or fifteen years. Heavy, mm-hmm. but duck hunting's always had my heart. You know, and uh, I kind of want to do some trips. Like I, I want to go. I want to go hunt Salt Lake. You know, in Utah. I want to go. I want to go hunt sea ducks on the east and the west coast. You know, yeah. like I just want to kind of go and do. I want. To, I like to go see how other people do things. You know, because there's the way that we do things down here that's successful and works for us. And then there's the ways that so many people do things all around the country. You know, and I'm oh, like, yeah. man, like that's what's killing the ducks is fun. Don't get me wrong. Like that's cool. But the experience of how somebody else does it, you know, like I want to go oh, in yeah. a layout boat out in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean and shoot sea ducks, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. I want to go in little sneak boats and shoot black ducks on the coast, you know. Like I want to go learn how, you know, all these different waterfowlers from around the country, how they go and do, like, you know, what's your bread and butter? You, t- I can take you and show you what mine is. Yeah, know? right. It, it's the same thing, but they, it's, it's different. Exactly. Oh, yeah, just yeah. like, yeah. I mean, when location. I come down here for the first time and went uh, – company we subcontract through in louisiana we right after hurricane rita you know come down and was working doing roofing and stuff and and they took me to they on the marsh and down at gum cove and took me down there for the first time and i'm like holy shit you guys really work for these ducks don't you and he's like yeah well you don't like it i'm like no i think it's awesome yeah. you know i mean oh, to, yeah, you know to go sit in a cornfield i mean yeah it's fun and you know we kill a lot of ducks but Man, to get up in the mud boats at you know three right, in the morning yeah, and go yeah, out. That's and, what I'm saying. I mean, you know, I mean, it was yeah, it that was two forty five alarm on my phone yeah. was off real early every day. You know, it was it was. I mean, I really enjoyed it, liked it. And, you know, I it's cool. That's yeah. an interesting aspect. You yeah. know, that a lot of people don't realize is there's so many different strokes for so many different folks. You know, and there's. I mean, I got a good buddy of mine. I was just talking to him a while ago. We're gonna try to get him on the podcast here sooner than later. Colton Castlewall, and 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 he loves killing Canada geese, and he's damn good at it. And, you know. 
me and him, we were Snapchatting while they were up in Montana and uh, with some of the Bayou Dragon boys. They went up there and they'd hunted for a week, a week and a half, or something like that. And North Dakota, all up in that area, you know, oh, yeah. they would hunt yeah. up there, and and he'd be snap. You know, I'm waking up to go get in the marsh, you know, two forty five, and he's sending me Snapchats at seven o'clock. They're sitting in the diner and having breakfast at the cafe. Yeah, you know? done. Yeah, and, 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 no, they fixed. They're going out. Oh, they're just they, yeah, going out. Even these, he's like, yeah, damn geese don't get up early. You know, they, yeah, they're going and setting up at seven seven thirty. I'm like, damn. I was like, man, that must be nice, man. I've been up for four hours. Well, that's a, <laughs> Since, you know, I've been up for four hours shooting these stupid gray ducks in the marsh. You know. <laughs> sweating getting bit by mosquitoes sunk everything i got covered in mud when these cats are sitting there eating the damn two egg plate at a diner somewhere in the middle of town right yeah you know getting ready like, to go getting out. ready yeah. to go out i'm that's like a, damn boy that'd be nice them guys the same way you know oh, God, that's got to be so easy i'm like yeah but man you don't get your boat ride you don't get the chance of getting stuck a boat stuck in the mud who yeah. gets a boat stuck in the mud you yeah. know <laughs> no, doubt. no doubt there is it definitely is so, that's, you know, yeah. that's one thing that like that's one thing that they said engine stalls out something yeah like that. something that's, you know i mean you don't you don't you just don't get that excitement and and for me you know i mean like i said because it was different you know to them they've been doing it their whole life you know so these it, fellas it's a pain in the ass you know yeah, but exactly. to me i'm like oh fuck cooler full of beer hell let's be stuck in the <laughs> yeah, mud no doubt that's, that's exactly that's exactly what they said they uh this fella they had owned a company him and his two sons and that's what they did he said man he said we stay so busy during duck season we don't really get to we don't really get to hunt a lot so what we do is we take you know we set aside a couple weekends a year and we just travel and go hunt these different places and they had been to Louisiana, but they hunted like Monroe, you know, in the timber mm. up there. I mean, yeah. South Arkansas, that ain't even Louisiana. Yeah. I don't care what you say. If you're north of Interstate 10, you ain't in Louisiana. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and you know, that was the first time they had ever really hunted in a marsh. You know, we took a go devil to the blind and all yeah. that, you know, jazz. And they were like, man, you know, like walking in that mud. You know, we were picking out, putting up decoys and stuff. And they were like, man, like, you know, we'll get out and help you. We'll get out and help you. And I'm like, man, y'all don't have to get out and help me. You know, this is a guy that hunts. This is what y'all pay me. And like, no, 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 we want to. You know, like, like we want the experience. That's yep. what we're, you know, that's what we're here for. Yep. And I was like, all right, well, hell, strap up and get y'all asses out here. Then we <laughs> got, at it. We got yep. five dozen to pick up. Let's go. You know, yep. Yep. here, put the till on this one and the big ducks on this one and yada, 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 you know. Yep. And we were going in and they're like, man, like, this is the first time we've ever really hunted a marsh, you know, like this. And they're like, this is so neat. And I'm like, man, I'll be honest with you. I'd much rather be sitting on the Platte River shooting greenheads <laughs> yeah. than sitting in this marsh shooting right. teal and gray ducks, you know, and a couple scalp. Yeah, I would rather be doing that. Than it's, this. It's, all, it's all about perspective. But it is all about perspective, yeah. you know, and for like somebody like me, you know, you 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 take me somewhere to go shoot gabwall, and yeah, it's cool, it's exciting, but. It, this, this is what you grew up doing. Yeah, it's exactly it's what right. you grew up doing. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, I've shot enough of them to stretch from here to Canada, you know. Yeah. Right. And you take somebody that goes to shooting greenheads, you know, a greenhead, which – I've killed a bajillion of them too, but you know, hunting them like that is just like me hunting them down here. It's just another day at the office. You know, it's just this is another day. You know, and that's the that's the cool thing is there's just so much different. You know, so many different perspectives and so many different ways of doing things. You know, that's what excites me is like I want <clears> to go try all these different things. Oh yeah, yeah. I want this little sample. This like I want to go, I want to go hunt sea ducks on the east coast and go eat some lobster in in a place in a, in a little shack on the side of a damn yeah. ocean you know in a yeah. little fishing town or yeah, something. Like, I mean, that's, that's what i want to go to it's kind of like around here it's either you know you hunt in the rice fields of the marsh you know stuff that we're used to doing or you go and you sit in a box and wait for a deer to show up that's it i yeah. want to drive to the mountains just get out throw in a backpack and just take go. off yeah go go live yeah it, that i mean that's yeah i mean that's 100 percent. that's i live for i mean uh, I live for that. You know, a lot of times we go up and and we're. I mean, I'm not picky, 
you know, I mean, first legal bull. I, first time I ever went, I passed, 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 trying to find a big bull. And after that, I'm like, no, first legal bull. It's being I dropped. live by this adage right here, and I've told this to my wife. She's very, very patient. I'll give her that much. When we deer hunt, she is. She's very good. Never pass up something on the first day that you'd shoot on the last. Yeah, right? exactly. You know, yeah. And don't get me wrong. I'm all about shooting <clears throat> big mature animals. Like, that's cool. You oh, know, yeah. I'm all about the trophy aspect of it, too. Right, but I'm also sitting there and thinking about my empty freezer. Exactly. Like, if something tickles my fancy, I'm going to squeeze off. Yeah, especially you know? like this year. You know, I mean, like I said, we've been, we got snowed out the last three years. And that's why I told, you know, my son, he's like, do I pass? Do I pass? I said, if it's legal. I said, you pull the trigger. I said, I don't care. I said, it needs either four points on one side or a five-and-a-half-inch brown tine. Yeah. And he did. He shot the first one he seen. And, and while we were sitting there cleaning that one, I, I bet you a good 60 bulls – or not 60 bulls, 60 elk with 12 shooters out of them 60 come by. Right. And everyone was about the same size as his, you know, so he didn't feel bad. Right, and it's exactly. his first yeah. elk. I mean, like <clears throat> yeah. I told him, you got to start somewhere. Everybody does. That and the freezer. You don't want to kill a hammer first right out of the box because you're never going to top it. Yeah, right, that and the freezer's right, been yeah. empty of elk for three years now. It's time to put right. fill it Absolutely. up. <laughs> we hard up for some elk meat. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No doubt. Yeah. So. That's definitely something I want to start looking into. I want. To, I wouldn't mind putting in for the Montana mule deer too, and hunting it on public. Oh. That's that's a that's a cool. Yeah, I, uh, man, that's a cool deal. I want to do a black bear hunt. Man, I do, I do, but it's it's so low on my priority list. Like, yeah, you know, I, I, like yeah, it, like don't get me wrong, I want to do like elk. You want to do it with dogs, or you want to do it over bait? See, I did the bait thing, and uh, I mean it was cool, but. I, each one I is equally know. as unsatisfying to me. That's yeah. the problem. That yeah, I, have. I mean, like, yeah, because Keen did it with the dogs. Did it with the dogs. I, and we had this discussion on a previous podcast. I would one hundred percent shoot a cat over dogs because I hate oh, cats. Oh yeah. yeah, I would like that's a bad. One. That's a badass dog. Yeah. To, don't get me wrong. You treat a bear, you're bad. Yeah. But you treat a cat, <laughs> that is a whole nother level. Yeah. Like. You got to have a pack mule for the dog to carry his balls off the mountain. Yeah. Like, that's oh, a badass sure. dog. That you know? just, I mean, dog, just hunting anything with a dog is. It's fun. Cool. It adds a whole other element to it. I don't think that, I don't necessarily think that it's something that would necessarily make me just jump for joy. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't want to kill a bear bad enough to go and, now I will say this much, I wouldn't mind going and killing a big grizzly bear. That would be cool. Yeah. I would do that. See, but with the black bear that he hunted, he said he didn't, they didn't keep the meat. No, and that's what I say because I, I mean, See, I've heard black bears are damn good to eat. Yeah, my, my I've heard both ways. Uh, my buddy, I've tried it a couple times, and I, I wasn't a big fan of it. Really? Hey, yeah. man, black bear cheeseburgers really are awesome. Yeah. Oh yeah. I wouldn't mind. I, I mean, I, I could say I, I would do it. I wouldn't mind doing it. Just say I've done it, but that's so low on my priority list. Elk is high. Yeah. Muleys are high. Oh yeah, I got to get me a big anything out of state. Days. Anything out of state. Deer wise, is oh, high. yeah, and the farther you get to go, high. the better. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's high. It'd be cool. I mean, it's expensive as shit, but uh, Alaska, Alaska would be is yeah. Alaska's the ultimate. I'm afraid if I go to Alaska, I won't ever come home. Won't come like, home. I'll just sell all my shit. <laughs> and hey, move you my just whole shit up there. get on your sat phone, call the pilot, like, hey, dude, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it, bro. We'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm, I'm a survivor. Yeah, right. Like, that's I've, my I've made it this issue. long. So, <laughs> yeah. just my little brother in the fraternity in college, he moved to Alaska. Oh, no shit. He worked in the oil fields here at uh, Midland and stuff for years, years, oil field rep selling and stuff. Made a killing. And he moved to Alaska and opened a damn donut shop. And I was like, what in the fuck? Like, that's pretty <laughs> random. You know, <laughs> yeah. like, you go from selling frack tanks and man camps and things, you know, in Midland and Odessa 
to opening Grizzly Donuts in Alaska, which he has now sold. He no longer owns Grizzly Donuts. Apparently, he went up there and made a killing selling donuts. No shit. Sold his donut business, too, so I don't know what the hell he's doing now. Yeah, he was still so. selling stuff on the side for the oil field, but he told me he's a man. He said I, he was a big Texas guy, you know, born and raised. He said, man, I love Texas. He's like, Alaska's the coolest place in the world. He said, I would never move back to Texas. Never. He said, I don't even want to come back to Texas to visit. Okay. He's like, Alaska is – he said, Alaska's like Texas – but moose walk through my neighborhood like that cool. Yeah, you know, that's like, got to be pretty bad. Alaska is as cool as Texas. You know, laws are very, very liberal. You know, concert they're not. You know, you can shoot suppressors and guns are cool and everything's good there. Like pretty much, like well, yeah, if you can, guns are good there. If like, you can do it. Like you, you got to have a gun or something yeah. will kill you. Yeah, yeah. also like. True. Hey, like, yeah, guns are highly encouraged. Like, right? No, like you got yeah, to have about that. The, about like, the only place you got to worry about walking down the street and a moose attacking you. No behind. kidding, right? Or like a or a damn grizzly, grizzly bear. bear. No grizzly bear. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my neighbor up here on the corner, their son moved to Alaska, and uh, one of the guys I worked with has him on Snapchat. He's like, yeah, dude, he posts stuff like this on a story all the time, and it's just like a grizzly bear just like sitting on his front porch, just <laughs> dicking around. <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely uh, it's definitely a, a, a top ten place. I uh, probably top five place I want to visit <clears throat> in the world. Yeah, just, just because of the simple hop in a little yeah. super cub, get put down someplace on like thirty three inch bush tires. Cool mm-hmm. dude. I'll see you in a couple weeks. He takes off in like twelve feet and he's oh, yeah. yeah yeah like cool lands dude. on a sandbar in the middle of a river and just puts your shit out and you're gone. <laughs> like, right. That's cool. Yep. Yeah, that is. Hopefully, cool. next time I see you, it ain't a pile of bones, right? <laughs> so I had another buddy of mine from Tennessee. He went hunting up there, and he sent me the Snapchat. And he's like standing in this little bay, you know, they're hunting sea ducks up there, and it's like in this little rocky bay, and like on the background of this hillside is this little town, and it's a, it's like right around Christmas time. The entire town is lit up with Christmas lights. I mean, it's literally like if you took the most beautiful Christmas card you could ever picture, and and visualize it. That's what this was. Like, you're standing in this rocky bay shooting golden eyes and scoters and shit like that, you know. And up on this mountainside is this little village that's just completely covered in Christmas lights. I mean, it's the prettiest thing. You know, I was like, I was like, that is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Like, I would live there. But yeah, go to Alaska and catch halibut. Like, I want to go catch a damn halibut. uh, Go chase down moose or caribou. Rustin just killed a hammer moose this year, too. Something like that. Beast. And if you get bored, go to the river and just Fish. break out the fly rod. Yeah. <laughs> nah, the hell with the fly rod. I'm going. I want the big shit. <laughs> I want the halibuts. I want to shoot him. I want to put him. Yeah, no shit, huh? Like, I, I want the big flounder-looking <laughs> mug. Go free dive. No, I'm, I'm just saying, you, you can you can fly fish on the way on your on your moose hunt. You could. Have some Have some fresh food. That is, I mean, it's definitely, it's definitely a neat place. Yeah. That would be a fun place to go camp. Oh, for sure. Like Byron and them, but they they hunted in like the tundra, but I ain't trying to do all that. They was in the swamp of Alaska. Like, layer I'm, I'm layer see, up, get you good. I'm trying to see pretty stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> I ain't trying to see just old flat just scrub. Just wide open. <laughs> flat scrub with mud. Like, I ain't trying yeah. to see that. I see, I can see that here. <laughs> no, just, uh, just layer up. It ain't got nothing to do with the layers. It's got everything to do with walking through a peat bog. That, uh, what's, you do the sheep hunting up there, but I hear that's that's pretty expensive. Well, yeah, like 50 grand. Yeah, like for a doll sheep? Yeah, no thank you. Oh. No thank you. Uh, that's uh, one thing that would be also cool, that and a desert bighorn. Mm-mm. 
I'll never make enough money to do that. I could start saving right now. By the time mm-hmm. I die, I still wouldn't have enough money. Yeah, I know. That'd be fun, though. That's like going yeah. hunting a Sonora mule deer. I don't know. why. Who's paying thirty grand to go shoot a mule deer? Nah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't care if he's 250 inches or not. Yeah, that's... that's no. I mean that is an astronomical. Number. I love hunting, but that's a lot of that's a lot oh, of gosh. that's a lot of beef. That's chocho right there. <laughs> no kidding. I mean, yeah, there ain't nothing you can do to that mule deer make it better than a wagyu steak. No. I promise you. I, I get in an argument with guys on Facebook all the time. They talk about I'm a meat hunter. I'm a this. I'm a that. I'm a do. I do this for this, and I'm like, bro, I am too. Like I, I break down all my own shit on yeah. my own. Like I use every part of the deer. Yeah. But there ain't no part of that deer. Tastes better than a ribeye. Not one part. <laughs> there ain't nothing you can do to not one part of that thing make it taste better than a ribeye. No. Nope. Nothing. So don't come at me and tell me about, oh, I'm doing this to feed my family. I'm do- I am spend this to this and that. And that. You just don't quit lying. Quit lying. You lie to me, you lie to yourself. Like, stop. You know? You do this because you enjoy it. Feeding your family is a plus. Absolutely. Yeah. I love deer meat. Yeah. I love we cook everything. While we got deer meat, everything we use is deer meat. Oh, yeah. I love it. Yeah. But there ain't no part of that. Better than a cow. Not even one. And there ain't no part of it that's cheaper than a cow either. No. Uh-uh. Oh, yeah. No, especially, yeah. I mean, some of the milk trips we've took, yeah, you could have bought two beef and oh, put gosh. them in the, you know, Like I said, it's the experience. It's and, the experience. I mean, we eat every bit of absolutely, it. You know, absolutely. Absolutely. That's, that's just a bonus. No. Yeah. That is just a bonus because it, it is all about the experience. And that's what a lot of people never understand. You know, getting to go and do things like that and see that kind of stuff in the wild, like in nature, like you really seeing it for raw and what it is, unfiltered, yeah. not you know, that's the that's the most beautiful part of it all. Oh yeah. You know. Everything that you get after that is just a bonus. You know, and that's like I tell people all the time about the duck hunt. I've killed so many ducks in my life. I mean and I'm not trying to brag or anything. I'm just saying, like, I've killed, you know, 23 years worth of duck hunting. I've killed enough of them to, yeah. you know, God, I can't even tell you how many. I mean, thousands, like tens of thousands. And it's, that's not what it's about to me anymore. You know, don't get me wrong. I love going to Bang and Limit just as much as anybody does. But, you know, to be able to go and try new things and do new things and either succeed or fail, you know, that's what's cool, too. That's another element to it that, you know, I feel like once you mature, you know, it ain't all about the killing the limits anymore. You know, it's more about the, oh, hey, let me just go try this over here and see if it works. You know, oh, yeah. if it does, that's yeah. cool too, you know. So that's kind of a that's kind of a, a thing that I, I'm finding is more and more interesting. It tickles my fancy more so. Than oh, just yeah. The, you guys got kids yet? Old enough to I hunt? Do, oh, but yeah. No, yeah, he's got his little girl. She'll be getting old enough soon. Oh, yeah, that, too, uh, once that starts. <clears throat> yeah. And, we uh, both we have two little boys that are two days apart. Oh, yeah, that's top of the yeah, line they, right they there just when you start getting one, them kids out there. Yeah, my oldest is six, and uh, and then the the middle one's three. Yeah, so he he's he's a lot closer than I am. Yeah, no, when them kids start feeling tags, and you got to start taking them yeah, that, and doing new stuff. That that was a that was a couple of years ago. Like she she didn't shoot anything. She just there. She just went, and I had her. I'm like, hey, you want to go hunting in the morning? She's like, yeah. It's like, what am I gonna do? I'm like, here's a bag, just. Put some food in it. Yeah. Pack some snacks. <laughs> yeah. So she just sitting in there like, hey, anybody hungry? Want some snacks? Yeah. That's my youngest son. He, he, uh, he's been going up to Colorado with me now for, well, he started going <clears throat> when he was nine and, and then finally got his first one this year. And the middle ones, and both of them actually, you know, started going way early, but, you know, they kind of got done their experience now, and, and I got Heather's boys now, and they're starting to come up and starting to shoot guns. And 
Man, I mean, hunting was fun, and it, you know, it is fun. But when you start getting them kids involved and start oh, yeah. watching them field tags, you know, we got her, um, her little boy, his first deer this year, and you know, he, he's like, "What can I shoot?" I'm like, "Man, you got an open tag. You got a buck, doe. You know, your tags either or. What do I got to shoot a big one? I'm like, you shoot whatever you want to fill that tag with. I don't care. I'm like, you just whatever makes you interested. Right. And uh, and we had him on on a you know mainframe eight it was kind of my fault i forgot to tell him we had to take the safety off to to rack one in the chamber and, and i ended up shooting that one but then later that afternoon the spike come out and i said well we, you know we can wait till morning nope you said i can fill my tag i said well fill it then buddy and i mean <laughs> it was you know, it was awesome it yeah. just i mean when you when they start going with you it just it's just like starting hunting all over again it right. really is it's, it's just like your first day all over again yeah, that's it's, that's pretty exciting so, i'm definitely i'm definitely looking forward to that yeah too. no it'll be a blast so sooner than later for sure oh yeah and we we had them all out yesterday we went out to my brother's farm and uh had them all out shooting. They both both got one got a 270 for Christmas. One got a 22. And, there you go. There you go. And her man. young her youngest one's nine. And man, I mean, just the joy on his face shooting that little 22. Oh, yeah. Know? And then well, then my brother he's got a he bought a new AR and he's eyeballing it. That nine year old's eyeballing it. And I said, man, you want to shoot it? Oh, I'll probably kicks too much. I'm like, it don't kick at all. I said, you didn't even shorten the stock down to fit you. Well, we put that on or put him on that, and he fired twice, realized it didn't kick. Well, can I shoot the whole clip? My brother says, well, have at it. Well, and he stood there. <laughs> just, just Oh, yeah, I mean, just went nuts with it, you know. <laughs> he just he gets done and, you know, just, uh, I mean, just a joy on their face. Yeah. I mean, it just, I ain't shitting. It's, it's like shooting your first duck all over again. Yeah. It's just awesome. You guys will really enjoy it. Yeah, I'm definitely, I'm definitely looking forward to that, too, for sure. It makes it a lot easier, too, when they can go with you. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know. Yep. Yeah, there's no more. Well, you got to stay home and watch the kids. This right. and that. Oh, no, no, no. They're coming. Get in the truck. <laughs> yep. Right. Yeah, cool. Like, hey, bro, like, your mom's doing this in the morning. I'm going hunting, so you need to be up and you need to be ready. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's nice, too. They're good little alarm clocks. Most of the time, they're oh, ready yeah. before you I, are. I can always remember when I was a kid going hunting, man, I'd beat my dad to that alarm every time. Oh, yeah, yeah. So. Oh, yeah. I mean, that that's what happened with, uh, with my dad. I'm like, I want to go with you. I want to go hunting with you. He was going duck hunting. He's like, well, you better wake up. He's like, I'll try waking you up once. <clears throat> He's like, you don't wake up? He's like, I'm leaving you here. I was like, when are we leaving? He's like, it's still going to be dark. Well, I went to sleep. I was so excited. I woke up. I'm like, <clears throat> oh, shit, it's still dark. So I got dressed. Went in there. He's dead ass asleep. Hey. Hey. Get up. I'm, I'm ready. He looks at the clock. He's like, no, we still got a few hours. He's like, go back to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I was yeah. like, you ain't leaving me. Yeah, it was definitely a, I, I beat my, I beat my old man to the alarm a bunch of times. Oh, yeah. All right, guys. Uh, that's going to do it for this episode. Mr. Barrett, I appreciate you, uh, Making the long drive out here. To oh, anytime. Anytime I can get out of that frozen tundra. I'm, I'm, glad we got, I'm glad we turned the heater on for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was a uh, it was a uh, blistering 17 degrees Friday. So yeah, I'm when sure. I woke up Friday morning to go goose, hunt, or goose hunting, it was a negative two-degree wind chill oh, in Winnie, Texas. It was a negative, yeah. When I left it come down here, it was a negative 47 yeah. wind chill. Yeah, yes. I, I called him. He was like, oh, yeah, it's just negative 45 he's like big, i'm just driving through it no big, big deal thanks on that yeah no I had 
I was ready. We was going to wait till the next morning to leave, and I looked at her, and I said, uh-uh. I said, well, <laughs> get your stuff ready. We're out of here as quick as we can get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I could not imagine. It was it But, was yeah, brutal. 17 degrees with a, neg- uh, with a negative two wind chill. That's what it said on my phone. I don't know how true that was. So uh, I'm guessing you were in shorts and flip-flops. Oh, yeah. Yep. There you go. Sweating. Yeah. Drinking cold beer. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I, it was so cold here. Uh, yesterday morning, I woke up at my sister-in-law's house for Christmas. I, it was 27 degrees outside. I walked outside in a short sleeve shirt. And I was like, damn, it feels pretty good out here today. Yeah. You know, normally everybody would be bundled up like an Eskimo, 27 oh, yeah. degrees, but hell, it's been in the teens well, for the last four Colorado, days. Colorado, whenever it's 26 degrees. I've, you can walk around in a t-shirt there, though. Yeah, yeah. Like, I bundled up like, man, it's freezing outside. I bundled up. I got halfway up the mountain. I'm like huffing and puffing like, hey, dude, like I'm sweating my ass off right now. Like, <laughs> yeah. we, I got to take this shit off. <laughs> for sure. I was when we were in the panhandle. It was twenty degrees and snowing, and I was walking around literally in a short sleeve, Magellan t-shirt, and some overalls on, and I was yeah. like, "Oh yeah, I believe it." Oh yeah. So. But man, I do appreciate you coming on. Hey, no problem, no problem. And, uh, if you had any tips on Colorado or or uh, want to know when to send in for points or whatever, just let me know. Oh, we'll definitely absolutely be, we'll be definitely picking your brains about that. Absolutely, yeah. we want to be doing that. But uh, yeah, be sure and follow us on social media. Follow us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Be on the lookout for the giveaway. All right, guys. Thanks.